Let's face it, life isn't always the party we thought it would be. So how do we find the joy when we need it? And what if it's up to us to create it? That's where the Party On podcast comes in. Our goal? To shine the proverbial disco light on all the things that can make our lives easier, healthier, and a heck of a lot more fun. So we can enjoy the party we were all invited to. Live our best lives and dance like no one's watching. Happy Monday, friends. I hope you guys had an epic weekend. We spent the weekend in the big city, as I like to call it, which is funny because that's where I grew up. It's just quite a stark contrast to living in the middle of the sticks where we do now. I hope your week is off to a great start and that this podcast will make it even better. That is always my hope. So when I was thinking about what to talk about for episode five, I went to my handy dandy mile long list of topics. And what's funny is I already knew what it was going to be about. I realized I was just desperately trying to avoid it. And does anybody else do that? Search for the answer to a burning question, turning over every stone until they find it when you already know the answer deep down. But I searched and searched and searched my list looking for the perfect topic when finally all I was left with was the very topic I was most afraid of doing. And that topic is me. And not in a lighthearted get to know me way, more of a why am I qualified to be here way. My fear is that an episode like this would come off as attention seeking or narcissistic because this show isn't about me. It's about all of us. But I think it's an important one as we set the foundation of this podcast moving forward, because I want y'all to know who you are listening to. I want you to know who's guiding you through these conversations about joy and happiness, who's interviewing the amazing souls we have planned in upcoming episodes, and why I'm so dang passionate about it. I just started binge watching The Morning Show a few days ago, which is Apple's debut show on Netflix, which by the way, holy cow, Apple, it is freaking amazing. Y'all jump on that if you haven't already. Also, hi, Jennifer Aniston, if you're listening, I love you. One of the main characters in the show echoed my sentiments on this topic exactly. People need to know who they are listening to when it comes to any kind of media. They need to know why that person is in the seat, whether it's the anchor seat, the podcast seat, or the Instagram seat. I've done the basic meet and greet on episode one, but for those of you who are new, my name is Allie. I'm a shop owner, content creator, writer, designer, mom, wife, and now podcast host, A lot of you know me from my Instagram account called The Festive Farmhouse, but I thought you should know a little bit more about me, as in things I haven't shared on The Festive Farmhouse, but also things that you might be wondering, like how is she qualified to host a podcast on joy and happiness? The quick answer, I'm not. There you go. That's the end of our podcast. Party's over. Everybody go home. (laughs) Just kidding. But in all seriousness, maybe we need to explore what we mean by qualified. Because who is the qualification judge anyway? I mean, is there really some random official floating around out there who deems whether or not you are qualified to be doing what you're doing? 
Maybe he's like Oprah and he runs around yelling, you're qualified and you're qualified. I wonder what he'd say for me because I am not an expert on anything. But quite frankly, that's the number one most important leadership quality, in my opinion anyways. Not being an expert. Not thinking you know everything. Being willing to learn and listen. And the complete absence of ego. Being vulnerable enough to say, I don't know the answer to this, but we're going to find out together. I want to do a whole podcast on this. Y'all get used to me saying that because I am so passionate about the right way to do leadership because there is a right way and a wrong way, but we'll save that for another time. Back to my qualifications. Are you guys ready for my backstory? I had a very happy childhood picturesque years in junior high, high school, college. Then after college, I met my now husband and we were married in our 20s. Do you hate me yet? (laughs) Life had been nothing but joy to me until it all came crashing down. And don't get me wrong, I had plenty of heartbreaks growing up. Some of them I'd like to tell you about on here just so I could stick it to him on the air, but I won't. I had no concept though of how to handle real pain, real difficulties, real tragedy. And suddenly in my early thirties, I was surrounded by them. And I don't mean small difficulties. I was literally thrown into the fire with zero firefighting experience. And that's where I truly believe I was formed. One quick disclaimer here, when it comes to this period in my life, I will share as much of it as I can with you, but I won't be sharing every detail as much as I want to, because y'all, that's my personality. But, and excuse my rant here, this is why. It may be my story, yes, but it's also my family's. My husband and my children don't get a choice in what their mom shares here, even though it might affect them in later years. I feel like years ago, you could write a book or a memoir and whoever read it, read it and they knew your secrets and big deal. But in the age of the internet, whether you say it, write it, or imply it, it immediately gets changed and goes everywhere and then spread around even more. In today's world where privacy seems completely non-existent, I actually believe it's more important than ever, ironically enough. My story may be mine, but it isn't just mine. And I think that's something we would all do well to remember sometimes. But now back to the crashing down stuff. What I will say is this, because of everything happening around me and within me, I was extremely low, rock bottom low. And I was terrified. I had no idea how to handle it. I had never lost my joy before and I was convinced that it was gone forever. And because I was so low, my anxiety hit an all time high. I've struggled with anxiety my entire life. Again, we will be doing so many episodes on this, you guys. But as my life imploded and fell apart all around me, my anxiety ran off the charts. At my worst, I was in and out of the hospital about three to four times a month. And it took a massive toll on my body, my mind, my finances, my family. I was down to 88 pounds from sheer exhaustion fear, shock, and sadness. I didn't know how I got there. I was completely lost. 
I had somehow lost not only myself and my joy, but my faith and my hope for the future. I felt helpless and powerless and had no direction, nor did I see the need for it. I also trusted nothing, not even myself. Everything I had been through left me with zero understanding of what that word even meant. I can remember full days curled up on the bathroom floor, sobbing like a child. Something I I didn't even do when I was a child. I remember feeling like a weight was actually pinning me down to the ground and getting up was useless. I'm not sure how many of you have had the privilege of hitting rock bottom, but there truly are no words for it. And yes, I said privilege because as much as the sheer memory of it makes me nauseous, I consider it a blessing because I see everything now for what it truly is. The thing about rock bottom is this, guys. You have to be down to get back up. And getting back up is where life is. And luckily, there's nowhere else to go from rock bottom but up. I know that's kind of a no-brainer. But when you are actually lying on the floor in the fetal position, seeing things from a completely different perspective, literally so many dust bunnies, you guys, it's clearer than ever. You can't stay there. You have to get up eventually, but you also can't rush it. When I was at my lowest, I begged God for mercy, begged him. I can actually remember praying to him saying, God, I feel like nothing is stable. I have no stability. The the ground underneath my feet even feels like it's not stable. Please guide me and tell me how to find that. And then you guys, within moments, I kid you not, an earthquake happened in the middle of freaking Texas. My first reaction was to stare at this guy and say, are you kidding me right now? And then after thinking and sitting and praying about it for a while, I realized what he was actually trying to tell me. I was looking for my stability in all the wrong places. So at that moment, I prayed harder than I ever had before. And this time I listened because it was my only option. I felt like the choices I had made in my life, the ones I considered to be great ones were what got me here. So suddenly I couldn't be trusted. Privileges revoked. I effectively grounded myself. It was time to give somebody else the reins and I had a pretty good idea on who. Someone who's powerful enough to create an earthquake. So every morning I started to repeat the words, God, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? And that's what I did. I spent entire days practicing listening to what God wanted me to eat, say, do. I seriously felt like Inigo Montoya in The Princess Bride when he tries to let his father's sword guide him to the right tree in the forest. And I never quite realized how poetic that part of the movie is until now. Because y'all, I needed my father's sword in the worst, worst way. I explored every option, every place I felt like he was leading me. And I mean literally. At one point, I went to a Taco Bell because I felt an urge to pull over just in case it was God telling me to. Spoiler alert, it wasn't, and I realized it later that night. Then one day, he led me to a mercantile shop. You know, the kind where there's booths and makers and creators and antique dealers. 
And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I have no doubt in my mind that it was him. It's also funny because he disguised it as running a quick errand for a friend. And God is tricky that way, guys. But the second I walked in, I felt it. I heard the word here. He wanted me here, which made no sense to me since it had taken every bit of energy I had to get out of the house that day, much less eat or drive. But there was something about this place. What was he trying to tell me? And it was something I never would have felt if I hadn't been 100% dedicated to listening. I walked around that day waiting for some kind of further instruction. I looked around at all the creativity there that day. And for the first time, realized I'd lost touch with mine. Creating is such a huge part of me. It's such a huge part of all of us, whether we realize it or not. I have had so many people in my lifetime tell me, but I'm not creative. But you are. God made us to be creative beings. But the last thing I felt like I had the energy for was creating. I was depleted. I was so weak. How could I create something from absolutely nothing? But he was calling me to create again in any shape, form, or fashion, and I had no doubt about it. He knew that was going to be my ladder out of the pit. I walked straight over to the owner of the mercantile that day. I introduced myself. It was like someone was moving my body for me. And I asked about opening a shop. And y'all, I signed the lease that day. I had no shop. I had nothing to sell. And I had no experience. I mean, I worked at a church for 10 years, which will prepare you for just about anything, but none in the retail world. Everyone around me tried to talk me out of it. Allison, you can barely eat right now. You need to focus on your children. You need to rest. What makes you think you can do this? But they didn't realize that that was exactly why I needed to do it. I can still remember the picture I took on opening day. All 88 pounds of me. But that smile, you guys, you can see it. A few weeks later, I went to eat lunch with a friend, one who had come to my rescue when I was at my very lowest. And when we were leaving the restaurant, I laughed about something so hard that I had to hold on to the car next to me. And if you know me, you know my laugh. She went silent and her eyes got real big. She looked at me and said, there it is. And with beaming pride, I told her I found it again. It was a far cry from the month before when I sat on her floor in tears, drinking a chocolate Ensure, yes, an Ensure, because it was the only thing I could keep down. That laugh never actually left me. I know that now. It just had to be resurrected. And y'all, God is in the business of resurrecting. Don't ever forget that. So I don't really know what my qualifications are. And I don't know who the qualification judge is. Technically, I'm just a girl standing in front of the world, asking it to be a little more joyful. But I do know what it's like to climb out of the pit. I do know what it's like to fight hard for your own joy and happiness. I know what it's like to be in therapy for years, recovering from something traumatic. And I know what it's like realizing that a joyful life is what God wants for us. I also know that he uses the broken, and I'm here for it. If you guys are not familiar with all the stories in the Bible of God using the broken, then Google that ASAP. There is no way I could even walk you through all of them in one episode. 
we'd be here forever. He didn't use the pious or the righteous. He used the people who were broken enough to listen. The people who were broken enough to pull over at a Taco Bell. The people who threw their hands up in the air and said, Jesus, take the freaking wheel because we don't know where we're going. Sometimes I still feel like I'm not qualified. Sometimes I still feel like the qualification judge. I picture him as an angry elf, by the way. I feel like he's going to show up on my doorstep and call me out and expose me for the imposter that I am. In fact, imposter syndrome is actually a thing, in case you haven't heard of it. It's defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success. I love that part. And it happens to the best of us. Seriously, it's reported that some of the highest achievers report the highest levels of imposter syndrome, which is crazy to think about at first until it starts to make sense and connects us to the hustle epidemic we talked about in the last episode. Ooh, do you see what I did there? Look at me connecting those dots. True story, I had a full-on panic attack the night before releasing my first podcast to the world because I seriously worried nobody would come to my party. I said that out loud, crying, and I wish I had it on video. I mean, why would anyone listen to me? Why am I qualified? What do I have to offer? Only my story. Only rock bottom and the courage to climb out of it, which I'm proud of. Only everything that God has given me and everything he made me to be. Only the guts to speak and the heart to listen. And that's all I need, guys. And that's all you need. This past week, I dyed my hair pink. And it's funny, everyone around me looks at me like I am crazy sometimes. What do you mean you just started a shop with nothing? What do you mean you just started a podcast with zero experience or know-how? Why on earth did you dye your hair pink? You're almost 40. And here's my answer. Because the world taught me what it was like to lose my joy. So now I work fiercely hard to protect it. And I'm passionate about helping you do the same, friends. I'm passionate about making this life easier, healthier, and a heck of a lot more fun. Because it's not most of the time. You may need more qualifications for a podcast host, and that's okay. This podcast may not be for you, and that's okay too. There's nothing in life that says we have to be for everyone. But that doesn't mean the world doesn't need who we are. In fact, maybe it has nothing to do with being qualified. Maybe it has everything to do with being called. I actually have a deep dislike for overused Christian words, by the way, because I think they are completely alienating. And I think that's one that can be really confusing. It almost suggests that God actually picks up a red phone and calls specific people. And if you've never had the phone ring, surely you must not be called. But I believe we are all called just to different things because we're all broken. And if we know he uses the broken, then guys, he uses all of us. And here's where we realize that this episode was really about all of y'all to begin with. I invited you to this party because you matter. We matter. I may be your host, but you guys are the ones that make the party. I made a joke about that last week, but I couldn't mean it more. 
Today is a little bit of a different episode, so there aren't many action items other than this one right here. Keep coming to the party, guys. Keep showing up. Keep speaking up. Keep sharing. Keep leading. Keep participating because you are just as qualified as I am. Your story and my story are one and the same. The details are just a little bit different. This world will try to rob us of our joy. And it's our job to fiercely protect it and each other. And only when we do that can we throw it around like confetti. Y'all, I know this episode has been a little bit different. And I know it hasn't quite felt like a party. But sometimes you have to have this serious so that you can understand the value of the fun. Sometimes you have to see the dark in order to fully appreciate the light. Sometimes you have to go to a crappy party so you understand how great the great ones really are. Thank y'all so much for hanging in and listening to me tell my story. I'm not gonna lie, it was incredibly scary for me to do. And it's gonna be even scarier for me to hit the publish button on Monday morning. But I'm so, so grateful for all your love and all your support for the Party On podcast. I say it every week, but it seriously wouldn't be a party without y'all. So keep showing up. Keep coming to the party. If you know anyone who could use a message like this, please forward and share. And we so appreciate all the ratings and reviews that you send our way. That is how people hear our podcast. And the more people who hear, the more people we can help. Y'all have a great week. I cannot wait to be back with you on Monday. Party on.